This Advent, I want to make all of you Baptists. I hope you know what I mean by that. I want to make you all disciples of John the Baptist. That's what I mean. I don't mean I want you to go join some other denomination or Lutheran after all, but this Advent, and every Advent for that matter, we all, in a sense, become little Baptists. We become disciples of John. It's in the hymns everywhere, right? In the hymns we sing, Hark, a thrilling voice is sounding. And that voice was John in the wilderness. In the hymns of Advent, we sing about, for instance, um, on Jordan's banks, the Baptist's cry announces that the Lord is nigh. It's in the hymns all throughout Advent. It's in the prayers all throughout Advent. If you have your ears open on Sunday mornings, you always hear this prayer at the time of Holy Communion. We pray thanks to God the Father through Jesus Christ, whose way John the Baptist prepared, proclaiming him the promised Messiah, the very Lamb of God. And so Advent is a time for all of us to remember John, John who prepared the way for Jesus in his first coming, and John who still to this day prepares you, prepares you for the day when you will see your Savior face to face. It's good to be a Baptist as long as you understand me in the right sense. It's good to be a Baptist in the season of Advent because we are looking ahead, not just to Christmas and the remembrance of things done long ago, but we are looking ahead. We are looking to the future, to that final Advent of Jesus. So let's settle in this Advent season with John the Baptist and see how he prepared the people long ago and see how he still, to this day, prepares you, prepares you to meet your Savior. Now, stop me if you've heard this one before, um, but there was an old man and an old woman, and they didn't have a child. You heard this one before? Abraham, right? And there were priests in the temple, but it had been a long time since anything great had happened, and so the priests were going about their routine offices. They were carrying out their duties. This sounds all full of the Old Testament. In fact, everything we heard in the Gospel of Luke chapter 1 sounds like it's happened before. An old man, an old woman, she's barren, there's a promised son, but how is that all going to happen? That's what happened with Abraham and Sarah. That's what happened with Hannah and Elkanah. What's happening with this temple? What's happening in this place? I'll tell you what's happening. It had been 400 years since anything really happened in Israel. Oh, a lot of things happened, don't get me wrong. But it had been 400 years since there was a prophet in Israel. And 400 years is a long time, isn't it? It's longer than our country's been around. It had been 400 years since Malachi, the last of the Old Testament prophets, proclaimed that great prophecy that we heard today. Behold, the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to the temple. 400 years is a long time to wait. And you know what happens to a nation in 400 years? Well, look what happens to our nation in how long has it been since 1776. A lot of things change. <laughs> a lot of things that used to be taken for granted, you can't take for granted anymore. A lot of things that the founding fathers of our country would have thought would endure forever are distant memories for us. Nations forget things over time. People forget things over time. And so God has to start all over again. And that's what he does with John. 
Everything about John's birth is happened before, but God is stirring things up again. And so an old man and an old woman become pregnant, just like Abraham and Sarah and little baby Isaac. And the old man can't understand how it's going to happen. And he's there in the temple offering the sacrifices every day. And just like the priests had always done, now suddenly God answers his prayer. Imagine that, that God would actually answer the prayer of his people. And yet when it happens, Zechariah is caught off guard. I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't expect my prayer to be heard and answered so quickly. Here I am standing, offering the incense that the Lord would come and save his people, and voila, the angel Gabriel comes. But see, John wasn't ex- or John, Zechariah wasn't expecting that. Because when you wait for a long time, you kind of forget things, don't you? You kind of forget the promises of the Lord. You kind of forget that the Lord doesn't just give a word and then forget all about it. That's what we do. Let's make plans. Oh, I forgot that I made those plans. No, when the Lord gives a promise, he means to bring it to pass. And even if we have to wait a long time, the Lord never forgets his word. And so everything that happens in the birth of John is like God stirring up Israel all over again. The old man and the old woman who were barren conceive and have a son. And he's a priest, but he's also a prophet. You know, that kind of thing happens. The priesthood is revived. The prophetic ministry is revived, all in this little boy, John. The birth of John prepared the people of old that God was on the move again. Things were thawing out. They had frozen up for 400 years, and the people's hopes had frozen up and dried up. Maybe you know that feeling of hopes and dreams that come and go, and you kind of give up because, you know, at least if you don't set your expectations too high, then you'll never be too disappointed, right? Well, God doesn't want his people living with low expectations. He wants you to hope for the very things that he promises and nothing short of the things that he promises. And so, just like he did in the days of old, God still to this day stirs things up. He starts all over again. He revives his priests, he revives his people, he revives his temple, he revives his prophets so that his word may come to his people again and their hearts and their minds and their souls can be thawed out, warmed up, so that you can hope again, so that you can trust again, so that you can love again. But see, here's what's so wonderful about the birth of John and here's what's great about every Christmas season is that God starts over in very simple ways. Zechariah, you've been praying that God would save his nation. Well, you're going to have a son. (laughs) How's that? When God starts things over again, he starts in very simple ways, in ways that nobody could point to and say, wow, something awesome is happening over there. No, he starts in very simple ways, with a child being born to an old priest and his old wife with a people in the middle of some place called Judea, that's nothing much in the grand scheme of things, being turned back to the Lord. When the Lord starts over, he starts in very simple ways, with a man opening up his scriptures again, with a congregation returning to the Lord with their hearts and their minds and singing his praises, Gaudé, Gaudé, rejoice, rejoice. When God starts all over again, he starts in very simple ways with very simple people who are just like you. 
Don't make any mistakes. God has not forgotten you. God has not left you in the dark. He has not abandoned you. And in this season of Advent, he begins to stir in your heart in this very simple way to return to him. That was John's ministry. You heard the angel Gabriel put it this way. You will have joy, Zechariah. And I I wonder about this every year. How would an old man, Zechariah, and an old woman, Elizabeth, have a baby that brings them joy? I've had five of them. They're a lot of work, right? Imagine being 60 years old with a little baby in your house. I'm sure there were lots of nights when Zechariah looked up to heaven and said, why, Lord? Why did you pick me? And there were lots of days where Elizabeth went to bed at night thinking, when is this ever going to end? And yet John brought great joy to them, and not just to them, but to the whole nation, because he turned their hearts back to the Lord. In our lives, we get all kinds of distractions, don't we? Our nation gets all kinds of distracted. Congregations get all kinds of distracted. Return with John. Turn back to the Lord. That's what the angel Gabriel said John's ministry was all about, that he would turn fathers to their children and turn them both to the Lord, that he would turn the disobedient and the ignorant back to wisdom, to the wisdom of the just. And how did John do all of that? Well, you'll have to come back next week. I'll tell you this week, too. He did all of that by pointing every single person in Israel to the Messiah, to the promised Messiah, the very Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And still to this day, if you want to find joy, the joy of Zechariah, the joy of Elizabeth, the joy of Elizabeth, then you will find it. You will find it where Christ Jesus still dwells among you. You will find it in his word, read out. You will find it in his holy scriptures proclaimed in your ears, in his gospel announced to you, in the forgiveness of sins applied to you. And a lot of people will look at that and think, no big deal. But you know, don't you, that this is how God has always worked, that this is how God stirs up his people again and again, just like he did in the days of John, so now he does tonight. He turns your heart to his Messiah, Jesus Christ, so that your heart and your soul and your mind might be thawed out, so that you might remember again things long forgotten, that the Lord loves his people, that he dwells with his people, that he will not forget his people, that he will rescue his people, and in the end, he will be their God and they will be his people. That's what it means to be prepared. John came to make those people prepared, and that word has a great connotation. It means furnished, like a house, you know, kind of like all of you are doing at home. You're preparing your house for Christmas, right? Don't forget the lights. Don't forget the tree. Don't forget the stockings. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. Well, don't forget God's word in this season. For if you want to be prepared to have the true joy of Christmas and the true joy of Advent, then listen to John. Listen to John who points you to Jesus Christ and then you will have peace, you will have hope, you will have love, you will have joy and it won't just be a little bit thawed out but it will be burning like a refiner's fire. To Christ be the glory now and always. Amen.